261 in our hymn book, Trust and Obey, when we walk with the Lord in the light of his word, what a glory he sheds on our way. While we do his good will, he abides with us still and with all who will trust and obey. And um, <clears throat> as we look at some, verse, some of the verses tonight, or one of the verses particularly, we um, need to trust and obey. <clears throat> mm. It's easy to talk to that loud, Mike. <laughs> it's easy. Let's pray. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for the word of God that tells us in what way we are to obey. And as we look at these words tonight, I pray that we'd follow our Heavenly Father in the words he's, you have penned for us. And Lord, that we would be obedient children, not fashioning ourselves according to the former lust in our ignorance, but now fashioning ourselves after the Lord Jesus Christ. Bless in our study. Bless those that couldn't come too, Lord, because of illnesses and sicknesses and ailments that they have. And Lord, those are those that would like to be here that are locked out in their state. Lord, minister to them also. And uh, bless us together as we pray and study in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, we continue looking at suffering, which Peter was instructing them in. <clears throat> Get myself sorted out here. We're looking at tonight the evaluation of suffering. Um, there's three points under this. There is a pointed reason for it. There's a practical reason for it. And there's a profound reason for it. We'll just look at the first one tonight. Under the, the appointed reason for suffering. Is there a appointed reason for, suffer, for our suffering? Um, <clears throat> and we ought to examine our lives in light of the suffering that we face. Now, you remember that old Job, he was perplexed at why he was going through what he was. Um, he's... Miserable friends accused him of sin. What are you hiding, Job? And uh, he was defending himself or trying to. And um, we find the friend at the last, the younger man, sort of came to the defence and argued against the other three. Sort of got a little bit better, but God came and gave the answer. But Job found out that the fiery trial was a refining process. If we think we're pretty good, there's still refining to do. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we measure up to the wrong ones, don't we? If we measure up to other, not comparing ourselves among ourselves, what we need to do is measure ourselves against the Lord. That's when we build, that's when we see we're not what we could be or should be. <clears throat> One day very soon, and I believe we now see the foreshadowing of it, a fiery judgment will, according to scripture, overtake the whole world. And that's all talked about in Second Peter three there, and in two occasions it talks about it in enveloping the whole world <clears throat> and it'll burn it all up. 
it will culminate in the great tribulation will it not and we may well be seeing the beginnings of that but presently this must begin at the house of God in verse 17 for the time is come the judgment must begin at the house of God if it first begin at us what shall the end be of them that obey not the gospel of our God and that's really a literal interpretation for the generation we live in it starts with us if it starts with us woe betide those that don't obey the gospel it's going to be a terrible terrible time <clears throat> that's what he's saying in these verses <clears throat> let's begin it at the house of God and I like what uh, Nehemiah did when he came and looked over Jerusalem there and found that Tobiah's stuff had been put into the temple of God. He'd taken up residence there and there needed to be a purging. And in Nehemiah chapter 13 and verse 7 to 9, and I believe Nehemiah literally threw it out the window and let it all bust up down wherever it landed. He had no mercy on the furniture and he, the household stuff of Tobiah which was <coughs> having it in the temple was unholy thing to do and residing as he was the man, that man in the temple was unholy and he turfed it out and anything in the temple of God that's unholy God has a purging to take place for the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God. So there are there pointed reasons for things that come in our lives. That's the first question we should ask ourselves, isn't it? Usually we react against the thing or the individual or whatever. But what, why? Uh, what is the reason the Lord has allowed these things? Now he goes on and says a few things here. <clears throat> Um, judgment must begin at the house of God if it first begin at us what shall the end be of them that obey not the gospel if the righteous scarcely be saved what shall the yeah. verse, back up to verse 15 let none of us suffer as and these are the things that he lists that we shouldn't we shouldn't be doing and if we are we're in big trouble is there a reason for these things am I suffering suffering because of these sinful behavior and um, you say oh no Christians don't do that as a murderer first of all in verse 15 anyone murdered anyone here lately <laughs> I don't say we would put up a hand if we had I don't think anyone has <laughs> okay <laughs> we'll get to that <laughs> um, <clears throat> But let's think of some Old Testament characters that did commit murder that are in heaven and New Testament. What did David do? A man after God's own heart. Remember? He had Uriah the Hittite in Second Samuel and would just refer to them. We could look at them all up, but I think you all know them. In 2 Samuel 11 and 12, 
And when he, he tried to cover his sin with Bathsheba, he, Uriah's wife, put him in the hottest part of the battle. And the, the um, was it, Joab sent word home, you know, you know and, and he sent it through the, the guy yeah, so that the guy who sent, brought the message home didn't understand what was going on. You know, well, he's in the hottest part of the battle. And, and, and Uriah died too. He, he, and it made it, and the way he put it, oh, <clears throat> you know, we got up real close because of this. You know, got up close to the wall. He, well, what were you doing there, David should have said, but he didn't. What were you doing so close? You don't do that, but he didn't. Anyway, it was something that David murdered. And the Lord said that in Second Samuel 12, 9. Did he pay for this in, the, in his life? Yes. He did. Yes. He paid dearly for it. So, am I suffering because of the sinful behaviour that I have done? You have to ask that question. Is there something that I have done? And there's consequences. And usually, you know. <laughs> the Spirit of God, if you're a Christian, will turn the light on real quick. An obvious thing. I think of Moses. What did he do? He murdered. He murdered a man, didn't he? But he led the children of Israel out. But he did. Did it cost him? He spent forty years in the wilderness, adjusting. He had to flee, but God was training him. At the same time, God used these things that these people did in Exodus two twelve, and. Uh, isn't, doesn't it say in the text he looked this way and he looked that way no one's looking and he slew the Egyptian but somebody was looking <laughs> because the next day you know he's trying to sort out a deal between the two Israelis and you're going to kill me like you killed that valley yesterday it spread all around the camp already wow and that's when he took off Might have. Yeah, well, he was a witness, wasn't he? <laughs> well, you should have seen Moses. He's learned to fight well. Anyway, I don't know what he said. <clears throat> now, we go to the New Testament. These are men that God used. Who did Paul consent to the death of? We use him often as a Stephen. And he would remember that. He never forgot that. <clears throat> to the death of Stephen. And it did bother him. He couldn't forget that. But it charged him into the ministry when he got saved. And he, he himself, in First Timothy chapter 1, verse 12 to 16, he called himself the chief of sinners. And I think it's because of that, remembering those things. And we'll, we'll talk about Paul a little bit later and something else he might have been. Well, he, no, he was accused of being. and He wasn't involved in it. But... <clears throat> As someone said earlier, if you hate your brother, who said something like that? You know, yeah, you you, it, yeah. if you call your brother a fool. Matthew, let's go to Matthew chapter 5. Am I suffering because of my sinful behaviour? And, and, and where the Lord Jesus upped the ante in the sermon here that he preached in 5, 6 and 7 of Matthew... <clears throat> you know, 
he he laid it down and is a lot stricter than what we thought in even the law. In verse 21 of chapter 5, you have heard that it has been said by them of old, thou shalt not kill, and whosoever shall kill shall be in danger of judgment. But I say unto you that whosoever is angry with his brother without a cause, that led me off the hook, didn't it? <laughs> shall be in danger of judgment, and whosoever shall say to his brother Raka shall be in danger of the council, but whosoever shall say, thou fool, shall be in danger of hell fire. So there you've got <clears throat> some things that Jesus said, calling your brother a fool. And he's, in the verse 21, he's talking about not killing and tying this in with murder and the words we use and the thoughts we have toward one another and toward those that might have wronged us. How much have we wronged God? <laughs> what sin haven't we done in our mind? And the Lord's saying yeah, the, the thought, the intent is there. You know, if a man looks on a woman, he's committed adultery in his heart already, the, the intent's there. And he said this is where the, these things need to be dealt with, with the intent. Uh, <clears throat> I was talking to Brother Sakari some time back. It was when I went through our, my heritage. And he was talking out the, there, and a lot of people were talking, and he said, oh, my, my heritage is Sakari. And when I was studying this, and this came up in one of the commentaries, <clears throat> and I'll read this to you. People to whom Peter addressed this letter come from all sorts of backgrounds. In Galatia, for instance and the other areas of Roman Empire. The vendetta was practised. You know, eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, a life for a life. People inherited an obligation to assassinate someone who killed a member of their, their clan or family. Where's that practised even? To, to, close to us today. New Guinea. New Guinea. Yeah. <clears throat> Yep, and and Muslim honour killing. Mm -hmm. Murder was a common way of settling differences. In Peter's own homeland, insurrection against the Romans was a commonplace. The Lord himself was crucified between two desperados. The very cross on which he died was pre prepared for who? Barabbas, who was a murderer. He might have been one of these. Peter knew about the Sakari. <laughs> it's spelt with an S, not a Z. S and I'll have to ask Brother Frank, I think this is what he was referring to. S-I-C-A-R-I-I. -I. An outlawed band described by Josephus and mentioned in the book of Acts. Lysias thought that Paul was one of them in Acts 21, 38. These people were zealots of the zealots and implacable in their hatred of Rome and of any Jews whom they suspected of compromise with Rome. And Brother Frank was saying that they'd fled to Egypt, his forefathers, from up in Israel. And I'll, I'll have to ask him if this is it. They prided themselves on murdering their victims in broad daylight and public places. 
They would mingle with the people on festive occasions, hiding short daggers in their robes and using them to slay their enemies. Their name was derived from these daggers, the Latin word for a dagger being psycho. We, go, we, tell, we say a person goes psycho. <laughs> it might come from that, you know. They use psycho, psychos use psychars. <laughs> and um, psychari, the ones that did this sort of business. And they fled down there to Egypt. And there was other things they mentioned there. <clears throat> and um, the word comes from there. But not as a murderer. We're not to be... And, and, and in thought... I could <clears throat> do them in because of what they have done. And uh, we may have thought that, we may have that way about some that somebody. Let's not do that. Uh, we may assassinate a, per a person's character. James 4.11 says, Speak not evil one of another, brethren. And you could put out the verses there. Now, back to verse 15. These different way, different areas. Let none of you suffer as a murderer, or as a. There's four ways here. Am I suffering because of my sinful behaviour as a murderer? Secondly, as a thief. thief. I call him a, a misdeeder, if you, if that's a word to fit, fit in an M. A misdeeder, a thief, a kleptos, in the Greek, one who steals by fraud, or in secret. <clears throat> A kleptomania is a fella can't help himself. Is that right? Can't can't help himself. Okay, kleptos. Yeah, in the Greek. I knew I'd heard the word before. <laughs> I'm not into that. <laughs> so, um, in past times in England, one could be hung for stealing a sheep. So the sheep was worth a person's life, and some of our forefathers, not mine, <laughs> maybe yours came out here for stealing a loaf of bread, got banished to Australia. Probably a blessing in the long term, but... The, uh, yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, you don't do a sheep, you just bread. <laughs> in Muslim lands, what do they do if you steal? Cut your hand off which you, with which you stole it. Um, <clears throat> so, and in Old Testament times, let's go there. Exodus 22, the law... Hey, wouldn't there be a lot of problems? Wouldn't there be a lot of solving of... Well, there wouldn't have to be courts. <laughs> and, and the cases, if these things... Well, be a lot of handless people if they did it that way. And there wouldn't be as much going on in this area. Exodus 22, if a man shall steal an ox or a sheep and kill it, or sell it, he shall restore five oxen for an ox, and four sheep for a sheep. If a thief be found breaking in, and be smitten that he die, there shall be no blood be shed for him. If the sun be risen upon him, there shall be blood shed for him. So if you beat the guy, and he dies, when the sun's up, you're in trouble. But if you beat him when it's in the dark, then it's, you don't, you're not a murderer, for he should make, for he should make full. Where are we? For he should make full restitution if he have nothing. Then he shall be sold for his theft. You become a slave. If the 
If the theft be certainly found in his hand alive, whether it be ox or ass or sheep, he shall restore double. If a man shall cause a field or a vineyard to be eaten, and shall put in his beast, and shall feed in another man's field, of the beast of his own field, and of the beast of his own vineyard, shall he make restitution. If a fire break out and catch in a thorn, so that the stacks of corn, of the standing corn, or the field be consumed therewith, he that kindleth the fire shall surely make restitution. And you read, you read the whole chapter, and it's thievery. <laughs> Even if it's by you light a fire and it's a windy day, and you shouldn't have lit the fire. Now, Brother Dunn knows about that, being captain of the fire brigade. And the things, practical thing, just live with common sense. So you don't get into trouble and doing this, and the double, and the five times, and the four times, and... and uh, and I think it used to be too. If you, I don't know if it is here, but if you, if you killed somebody when they they were in your house, it was dark, and you, know, you killed them, you don't get done for murder. It might be the case now, but if it was daylight, it's just like this one I was saying. Yeah. But um, as a misdeeder, clep, this here. Uh, <clears throat> what about stealing from the government? What about? What about doing that? You know, all these handouts and things that are going on. Isn't that robbery? You're taking it from the government, but you're really taking it from other people that have paid their dues to the government. That's robbery. Someday that has to be... Somebody's paid for that, and someday that has to be paid back if it's been taken in the wrong way. What about bribery? Isn't that robbery? Because somebody has to pay for that. If you bribe a person, the person you're working for has to pay you money or extra for you to pay that bribe. That's the way it works in bribery. You, you, you charge more for the product or whatever so you can pay that out. Uh, hand under the table. I think it's, and it, it all will be paid, paid out one day in, this, in the book of Proverbs. I marked off Proverb. We won't go there. There's not enough time. Proverbs 17, 23. Proverbs 17, 20, and verse 8. Proverbs 18, verse 6. It all talks, and in Deuteronomy and Exodus, it talks about bribery as a, a thing of theft. Let's not do that. Am I suffering because of my sinful behaviour? Murder, a misdeed, deeder, and in verse 5 again, what's the third, fourth, no, third one? Suffer so as a murderer, as a thief, or as a evildoer, a malefactor. Evildoer is one of the words that can be interpreted by. Kakapos in the Greek, it's the same word that Jesus accuses the Sanhedrin used about him before Pilate in John 18.30, where malefactor, the word malefactor actually is used. The word evildoer here in verse 15 is the word malefactor in John 18.30. We might be charged with being evildoers by wicked men, but let us never be evildoers or malefactors. But let us rather be what Romans 12 says. <laughs> Romans chapter 12 and verse 17. <clears throat> it says, Recompense to no man evil for evil. I'm not an evildoer. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. 
If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves. Don't, <laughs> don't take revenge, but rather give place to wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Doesn't, doesn't the Lord take a long time to repay sometimes? Have you found that? It, he does. It's he's long suffering. You say, well, he's got a lot longer time than us. <laughs> yes, right. But he is long patient too. He's long suffering. Leave it to the Lord. I will repay. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirsts, give him to drink. For in so doing, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Now you don't give him to. <laughs> You don't give him food and drink to, to, to heat the coals on. You give him that because if he doesn't repent, that's what will happen. Be not overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. That's what the Christian should be doing. So don't be a malefactor or evildoer, but overcome evil, malefactory with good is what the Christian should do. <clears throat> I've written this down. Is the Lord trying to get at my attention because of my sinful behaviour? Now, it might not be so obvious as these murder and misdeeders and malefactors and so forth, but is it because of my worldliness, my half-heartedness, my lack of spiritual desire, my lack of love, like the Ephesus church was spot on everywhere, but they didn't lack, they lacked love a lack of service, a lack of devotion, a lack of commitment and compassion, a lack of sacrifice for the Lord. Is he trying to get my attention through things that are happening and sufferings that's coming because of the love of the world? The Lord knew what he was doing in the early church and what was about to happen at right where Peter was. It was already happening under Nero. He knew that the church was better off under suffering for 300 years than an easy going. He knew that the church would grow better, they'd be more pure, they'd be more godly, they'd be less worldly, they'd be more, more sacrificial and more compassionate if they had the suffering. Sad that's the way it has to be with us, but that's the way it is. He knew they would love the world too much. if, And that's what happened. When the pressure was off under Constantine, when it, the, they lifted the pressure, the church went worldly. And it was mixed and mingled with the world. What about our hard-heartedness? And I mentioned Job before. Look at Job. God even commended him to start the book of Job, verses 8 of chapter 1 and chapter 2 and verse 3. Then the Lord rebuked in chapter 38 and 39. And Job didn't realise how off he was until God spoke. He thought he was pretty good. <laughs> But when God spoke to him in 38 and 39, he said, oh, I'll answer once, twice, but I'm not saying any more, he said there. So let's, let's ask ourselves a question. How am I? Is this happening because of my sinful behaviour? And there's, a, there's one more there. There's a meddler. As busybodies in other men's matters in verse 15. I like this, the word that's used here. It's allo trio episcopos. 
a meddler. The basic word means overseer, episkopos. Used in First Peter of elders taking the oversight, the last part of that word. Here it means a meddler is one. Yeah, see, if you can, see if you can get it without me saying. The word is allo trio, like three, three, episkopos. What do you think this one is trying to do, a meddler? If it's using the word episkopos, which is, yeah, you, you're heading there. He's trying to enter into an area that he shouldn't be taking on. You see, he's trying to be a leader where he shouldn't be a leader. And I thought, wow, huh, I hadn't seen that one before. It means trying to oversee things that are not really his concern. They're the, they're the space of somebody else. They're somebody else's concern. And that happens a lot. You know, I know of people that continually lose their jobs because they're this allo trio episcopos. That's what they are. Because they get in a job and then they start telling the boss what to do. how to run the show. Yeah. And the boss owns the place. Yeah. And they're telling the boss what to do. And they get the short shift out of here, mate. Yeah. I own this. It's me that's paying for this, not you. See you later. And that's why, wisely, well, it used to be the case they'd get out of here without any problem. But wisely now they've got three or six months trial. You put them on and see if they miss up. And um, <clears throat> as a meddler, and they're in churches too, they meddle in matters that are beyond their understanding. They don't know all what's going on, but they try to give their point of view. And they need to butt out. Okay? Isn't that right? <laughs> If they only knew, they would go red from down there. <laughs> just trust. Just pray for the leadership. Pray for the people in those positions. Whether it be a Sunday school teacher, whoever it is, who's got that 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 position, pray for them. That the Lord would lead them and direct them in the right way. And so, stop meddling. Um, there's probably some poems about that. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so it means trying to oversee things that are really not their concern. I think we've gone far enough, but um, the evaluation of suffering, am I suffering because of my sinful behaviour? And the other one in the next verse 16, am I suffering because of my saintly behaviour? That's a better reason to suffer, isn't it? Because I'm doing the right thing, <laughs> not because I'm doing the wrong thing. <clears throat> you see... If you're suffering for you're doing the wrong thing, you bought it on your own head. If you're suffering for doing the right thing, you can say, praise the Lord, to him be the glory, and one day yours will be the reward. And um, just trust in the Lord. Leave it to him.